Welcome to Is Mania is a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone whose butt says, property of Sandy Cheeks. Josh Hemo. Yeah, I just got that tattoo recently, actually. Yeah, it's pretty fresh, huh? Yeah. Still hurts a little bit. Hopefully no one slaps it. <laughs> Anyways, this week we're on the final episode of this season. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's good. Season 2, episode 20, Squid on Strike. Sandy, Spongebob, and the Worm. Act 1, Squid on Strike. After being charged for basically doing his job, Squidward convinces Spongebob to go on strike at the Krusty Krab, and things get a little bit out of hand. That's basically the whole episode. Very simple. Very, very simple. Very simple. And I actually really, really like this episode. It taught me a lot about myself. Um. I'll 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 let it. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna let it come let naturally. It come, I'm gonna let it come naturally. I don't want to give it all away too much in the beginning, but I did want to ask if you who do you think is a better like striker? Is that a thing? Strike person? Person strike. on strike? Person who? Yes. <laughs> who, who do you think is a better person on strike? Uh, between Squidward and SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think either of them are very good. Like, I'd like to say that Squidward was because he had that big speech. Um, but one of the little lessons I got is if you're going to be, like, stand up for something or have, like, a stance on something, make sure that, you know, you have a clear argument or you are presenting information in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was something Squidward did not do very well. Like, people had no idea what he was protesting against or what he was standing up for. Which is a problem. Like if you're on strike and you are trying to protest this like establishment or Mr. Krabs, like in the end, like they ended up eating there anyway. So he it backfired on him. So I don't think that either of them were very good at it. If <laughs> answers your question. See, this is where I learned my lesson. Well, my well, we'll learn more about myself. So at the beginning of this, I was like, wow, shout out for Squidward for unionizing, for being the voice of reason against this capitalist pig, I mean, capitalist crab, <laughs> Mr. Krabs, you know, I was like, shout out. He's like a little, he's a little communist, whatever. He wants better Socialist. wages. Yeah. Socialist, whatever you want to call him. Either way, he wants, he's standing up to the man. I like this. And I was like, poor SpongeBob just being an idiot. And then by the end, SpongeBob is kind of like, I know. I kind of like felt like I was very much a Squidward. Like, I believe in a lot of the things that other people believe. Like, I don't think police are very good at their jobs sometimes. They're not very nice to people of color. Um, yeah, they can be real holes. But, anyways, I don't want to go on that kind of tirade. <laughs> but there are people like I talk to and like no or at least read about who are like very much like abolish the police and i'm mm-hmm. like whoa 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 i think that's a good idea but what are we going to have in place and wouldn't that also just technically the thing that we replace be the police and that's what i felt like squid squidward kind of did he was like he's like yeah we need to dismantle the establishment and we need to do all these things and then spongebob actually took it to reality like if a corp if you really want to take down a corporation like you have to bury them in the ground. Yeah. And SpongeBob literally did that. And then Squidward like 
was already like regretting everything that he told SpongeBob. Well, which, if you want to believe, like technically SpongeBob is the one. Again, he's like the people I see online who are like, you know, like America in this way. It needs to like be communist and democracy and capitalism do not work well together and that kind of stuff. And in a perfect world, I think it would work, but I don't know how it would work in practice. And that's why it makes me a little bit like Squidward where I'm like, I like these ideas in that everyone gets a good idea, like everyone gets their share, but gets a fair portion. Yeah. Well, I think it's like a difference between like, I think Squidward kind of represents like whatever communist socialist ideals that he had. Right. Maybe of like, making sure it was like fair and whatever. And SpongeBob to me represented much more of like an anarchist kind of feel to it. Right. He went in and it was like destroying everything. Like he took it literally and destroyed the entire place. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Just like the clash of ideals though there. But I mean, we've seen SpongeBob do that in the past where he takes things way too far. Yeah. And he needs to. But yeah, I just, I learned a lot about myself because at the, at the beginning I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like a Squidward. And then at the very end, I was like, hmm, I am like a Squidward. Like, maybe <laughs> I'm not, maybe I got to put my money where my mouth is more often, you know? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be as as left-leaning as I want to be or even further or, or a different category altogether or something. I don't know. Start your own thing. <laughs> so now I started doubting, like, my commitment to any type of revolution or cause. So anyways spiral spiraling spiraling existential spirals do you do you think that uh strikes actually work like in practice do you think that they're a good idea for corporations and stuff i don't think i do think strikes work but i don't think they work well if they don't have enough people behind them Mm -hmm. and this is why strikes i don't really understand how they would work on a corporate level yeah. I think nowadays it'd probably be easier for a strike to work if you have enough bad press on the situation. Yeah. Well, social media is so crazy nowadays, right? It doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot for someone to like badmouth Walmart on Twitter and that go viral very, very quickly. And like, but like, I don't know. I don't really agree in that sense because it's yeah. like, look at all the like crappy stuff that like airlines have done where like they, you know, rip people off planes, they beat them or like even police have done or like even on a low level, not even a low level. Like I think the, the accusations are very high, but like a low level decision, like the, the perfect thing that this episode kind of brought to mind is like Chick-fil-A. Right. Like people go to Chick-fil-A. There's people I know who are, you know, LGBTQ that go to Chick-fil-A and like, I'll give them a pass because they are actually the marginalized group that Chick-fil-A supposedly donated to and like donates against. Yeah. Like conversion, like therapy and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, then there's other people who are like, Oh yeah, like I'm a good ally, but they eat at Chick-fil-A all the freaking time. Yeah. You know? So this like this little act completely like hit the nail on the head in that sense where it's like people want to be a good ally, which is what I kind of pegged SpongeBob at the beginning where he's like, I'm an ally, but I actually don't understand what that means. Yeah. I think it just like it's about research, right? And I mm-hmm. think that it's also on part of SpongeBob to understand the situation more, which I think he does. I think he gets into it. He understands it more of like what's actually happening. But it's also on the part of Squidward. If he's gonna lead this movement, if he's gonna step up and be the person in charge, he needs to be able to communicate what he wants, what needs to get done, and like what why it needs to happen because that's the thing he like 
convince SpongeBob to go on strike, but SpongeBob had no idea what that meant. He still, I don't think, to the very, very end, I don't think SpongeBob really understood what the purpose of this was, right? Yeah, so because, it, I mean, he got his job back forever, but... It wasn't, yeah, for the right reasons. Let's talk again about SpongeBob and his naivety. He literally said that grilling is my passion. You don't have to pay for me. Why? Why would you do know. that, SpongeBob? <laughs> it makes me think like he's one of those like I've always pegged SpongeBob as like this hard worker and stuff like that, and it makes me think that maybe he's just like one of those like entitled kids whose parents pay for everything. And he's like, "Oh, I do everything for the art," because like you run in that like a lot in film. There's like, oh, you don't want to work for free? Like, I do things for the art. What do you do? Yeah. And I'm like, I do things for the art and I do things to get paid and I can do both. This is my livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is an interesting point. And we run into that um, in multiple circumstances throughout the couple episodes and stuff where we question where he gets his money Mm because he does. He's like, there's a lot of times where he will like, very reckless with his money and somehow he ends up on top he somehow has a house somehow he was his parents were able to afford to buy him a car and all this other stuff right it's 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 kind of interesting to see what kind of background spongebob possibly has and how that motivates him yeah i guess like as a younger person i always thought like yo like your parents buy you a car when you like do stuff so it's not like a big deal but like you know being an adult now you're like why are his parents buying him a car why is he doing this like I don't know. Where does he get all this money? He gave Mr. Krabs $20.50. Just for standing around, not even doing anything. He hadn't even done yeah. anything yet. Mm-hmm. I want to talk crazy. I want to talk about Mr. Krabs' list of prices. So he charges a dollar for breathing, $5 for talking, $10 for standing, $2 for existing, um, two for lollygagging, and one for chewing. How do you feel about those prices? Do you think they reflect... I guess like the amounts to their things. I guess some of that is like under if you're a boss, you don't want people like goofing off and stuff, right? But yeah. like I think Squidward presented it very well. He's like you're charging me to stand at the cash register and that's the one thing that has like the mo- the biggest price range, right? $10 mm. to stand and that's literally Squidward's job. That's crazy. That's insane. I guess right? my question is more do you think the prices are in the wrong spots because I felt that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I mean. Like, I don't think t- if you're going to charge someone for standing, it's like definitely not $10. Lollygagging, $10. That's that makes a $10 sense. thing. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we're in agreement on that one. Yeah. Chewing should also, I think, be higher because you don't like, I, I kind of like rate them more in like the amount of times you do it. Yeah. So I think like breathing, a dollar, sure, whatever. Existing, Two dollars, mm, I think that should also be a dollar. Cause like, think how many times you're gonna charge them. Like, is this like a one-time thing? Is this hourly? Right. Like, I would like to think like it's an hourly thing. So you know that in an hour they definitely existed and they like were breathing. Ten dollars for loggy gagging. So like, we're on the same page as that. Standing. That's another thing that like, that could I would give that maybe five dollars. Yeah, five or two dollars. I can see because that. Because then yeah. he can be walking. He can be walking around. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That means he's working, you know, when you're in your actually like, what is it <laughs> there's like a really fucked up thing that people say where like when you're in your standing or let me figure it out. I'll never figure it out. Yeah, I'll never figure it out. I just Googled it, but there's like a <laughs> crappy thing that you hear in like corporate offices where they're like, if you're something, you're not working or something like that. Mm. 
It's like when people walk up to you and they're like, working hard or hardly working, huh? Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was one of those guys. If you guys figure it out, send me an email. But um, but yeah, I I feel like his prices could be adjusted. Because $10 for standing, I don't think... Uh, That's not to- completely fair. It's too much. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> I think talking could be higher too. I think he could wiggle it around. Or do all well, the opposite way, really screw them over and make it really expensive to breathe and exist. Well, maybe that's why he has $10 for standing, right? I mean, this whole thing started with him having like a $3, like, I guess, less than whatever month or like less than what he normally has, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that he went crazy. And like the most, like the one thing you're going to do most at work is probably stand, especially at a fast food place. So mm-hmm. charge it the most. Mr. Krabs is like the worst. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, literally a monster. And, it, like, you see his greed in the second act, too, but he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. But it was funny, too. I, I like the little, um, the um, striking, like, chant that they come up with. The whole mm-hmm. Krusty Krab is unfair. Mr. Krab is in there standing at the concession, plotting his oppression. <laughs> that was great. That's great. But I like that, like, I do agree that, like, no one understands that. And, like, no. you're talking about communication. Like, yeah. it's not a... It's not clear. Not clear at all. Mm-mm. Especially since I don't think that most of Bikini Bottom really understands how greedy Mr. Krabs really is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like where Squidward finally gets like his group around him, and he's like, "You've been cheated and lied to," and like that old lady just like, "I knew it," and straight <laughs> up slaps her husband or boyfriend. Like, it's nuts. I love that because like that's such a, like an adult joke. Mm-hmm. In a hidden <laughs> perfectly well within a um a children's, a children's show. cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love when Squidward gets run over the second time, and he says, "Nobody, ca- no one gives a care about the fate of labor as long as they can get their instant gratification." Which honestly sounds something like a politician would say. Like if if you put that on the ep- like on a like a one of those images, like inspirational, motivational images, whatever, mm-hmm. and put like jfk or like <laughs> obama like all these like or like Karl marx or some shit like that it would i would believe you i'd be like oh like that sounds like a really deep quote and it's literally from <laughs> it's the writers squidward. of spongebob <laughs> squidward tentacles nobody gives a care about the fate of labor as long as they can get their instant gratification which is true i think like the biggest thing i've seen about that is it was like a couple of it was like a year or two ago um there's like cases that amazon was like really really mistreating like their warehouse workers and stuff they still do it too, they still I do believe. yeah and it's like people were like all right for like two days or for like a week people need to stop using amazon and blah 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 and i don't think that that caught on at all people are still are like nah i'm gonna use amazon it doesn't matter like yeah. i'm still gonna get my two-day shipping it's fine so I things. find with my striking, it's kind of like the opposite where like I don't use Amazon. Like my parents have an Amazon Prime and I use theirs and that's how I get my stuff. But mm-hmm. like you don't you don't personally pay. Yeah. If, yeah. Like or and I'm not like I, I'm not like my friends who are constantly using it. Like I know people who like buy their groceries who are buying like things every week. Like I buy things like maybe once every three months. Mm-hmm. So like me to like not go there it's like the same thing with chick-fil-a like yeah i can say i'm taking a stand by not eating chick-fil-a but like nine times out of ten i wasn't gonna pick chick-fil-a anyways because i don't actually think their food's any good it's not it's not it's not that good i'm sorry for like, all of you listeners who like I know, Chick-fil-A. Like, it's not that good 
yeah i remember being in high school and they were like take us like after a track meet and they were like okay we're gonna go to elcon mall and you guys can either go to the chick-fil-a or the panda express or the in and out and i'd be like i'm going to in and out because chick-fil-a <laughs> sucks so they have to do good shakes though shakes are pretty good whatever it's not <laughs> it's hard to pick up a shake yeah um i do really like the picket sign jokes in this it's <laughs> first is like a literal picket fence and then it's like a picture of someone picking their nose that's yeah. pretty funny i really like like you talked about how they do have like adult humor in here but they also have like the low ball jokes like that too it kind of covers everything it's good um another like joke that like traumatized me but also i enjoyed was the smash cut from like his joy to happiness when he's like talking to mr krabs like where he's like oh yeah like um, we're gonna strike, and then it just instantly cuts to like his sad face. Yeah, <laughs> and then like him being stuck to the, the thing, the, and he the glass, like yeah. rips him off, and his arms come off, and then he rips him off again, and then finally the last time he like rips him off, and he's like torn in and half. half. Yeah, it's really intense, and I liked it. I was like, this is disturbing, but I enjoy the disturbing humor. And they keep it consistent that every time SpongeBob cries, it is disgusting. Like he's, yeah, he's the ugliest crier I've ever seen. Yeah, even uglier than that picture of Kim Kardashian when she's crying <laughs> that everyone laughs about. It's really intense. Man, I think he's a. I don't know. I wish I could cry like that sometimes. All right, my gosh, it's the last bubble break of season two. Are you Woo-hoo. excited? Oh, I'm very excited. I never thought we'd even get here honestly <laughs> i thought we'd implode or something um but we are here and since we're here uh we figured that we'd uh kind of share where we're at just like personally life-wise just what's going on a little bit of update and maybe just talk about like what we're look looking forward to the future and stuff just kind of give you guys a little bit of insight about what's going on with us before we take a uh, probably a little break before season three yeah, a really short one this time. Last time we took like a whole month. I'm yeah. thinking maybe like a week or something. Two weeks max. Yeah. But yeah. like short break. Yeah. Um, would you like to take away, Josh? Would you like to be the first one to give uh, your life update? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so right now um, I just closed uh, Revelation, which was uh, off Broadway. It was pretty fun. Um, I saw it was crazy. It was crazy. It is a very interesting take on the book of Revelations, which, you know, it's kind of weird when you go see a show that's like based on the Bible. But I thought they the guy who like directed choreographer, he was a choreographer, wrote the music, everything for it. He did it pretty good. He tackled it pretty well. I it was like. very creatively done, like as far as like there's a lot of cool like uh like prop, set pieces yeah, and stuff like yeah. that that are made of like everyday items that I was like literal trash nice. that he picked up around New York. <laughs> yeah. Which like is a good good metaphor somewhere I bet. Somewhere down. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that's good and uh I just became an uncle. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh shout out to Calliope, uh Stephen Davis and Giselle um Davis both have their first kid. Which is really exciting, and it's kind of weird being called uncle, I guess. <laughs> You're creepy uncle. Creepy uncle, right. I'm just going to be that distant, weird theater uncle that they only hear from once Are in a while. Are you going to try to be the fun uncle? Yeah, I guess. The funkle. Does, uh, <laughs> does Steven have any other siblings you have he to has, He has with? one, yeah. Yeah, he has one other brother. 
Oh man, you guys have to be compete to be fun, Uncle Man. No, his other brother has an isn't math major. <laughs> so oh, yeah, he he'll never be, be <laughs> he'll never be the fun uncle. He will be the rich one. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, otherwise it's like just kind of living in New York, looking at some of the cool opportunities coming up and stuff. Um, I don't want to like jump the gun and say what it's coming up, but like yeah, some cool stuff. Uh, how about you, Omar? Um, I've been doing pretty well actually. I've been on these gigs recently. I can't really talk about them too much, but. It is for a pharmaceutical company shooting some stuff. And as far as I understand, I don't trust Big Pharma at all, but uh, as far as I understand, the drugs that I was helping with film is actually pretty helpful, at least to the people who I talk to that use it. So uh, it was pretty nice. So that's been good money. I was in Houston and because of it, and I really, really enjoyed it because I got to see one of our podcast guests and one of my good friends, Destiny. So Woo-hoo. shout out to Destiny. Um, got to hang out, but we didn't take any pictures because we were having such a good time hanging out. So, but I got to meet her and all her friends who have cool jobs and make more money than me. (laughs) I don't know if they make more money than me. I didn't ask them. I'm not that impersonal, but I got to hang around Houston and that was fun. Um, I also, um, fun, fun fact, clogged the toilet in my hotel room (laughs) before I was leaving, had a whole existential (laughs) crisis about it. Because I was like, I have to go for the airport. Do I just let them leave it for like the hotel staff to come? Or do I call them and tell them? But I then I have to wait. And then it's even worse when like the person is there like with the plunger. Like I wanted to be like the person comes up, gives me the plunger, and then I take it from them and I'm like, leave. I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Don't look at my shame. Um What'd you end up doing? I ended up calling them right as I was leaving and saying like, hey, sorry, I clogged my toilet. Can you like come up here and help me? And then just leaving. Honestly, it's so, like not the worst. I'm sure they've seen worse. I, I'm 100%. It's like, I don't know. It's like when you're dealing with your like parents, like if you had like peed your pants as a child, like you know that they're going to be helpful about it, but you know that just in your heart you feel ashamed. Just a shame. So much shame. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was... Other than that, everything was solid. I mean, getting home was a mess, but the and actual the actual getting paid a, a well for doing things that I like, the shoot itself is always really fun because the crew that I was working with is really good. And um, it's nice. It's nice to be creative every now and then, and it's nice to be creative with a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. So And you got to travel. This is the second place you've been to with them, right? Because you went to Boston right before this one, right? Yeah, Boston was more of a mess because I was having an allergy situation. <laughs> Shout out to the trees trying to kill you out there. <laughs> but like every shoot is really solid and I really enjoyed it. And then just like, yeah, it's it's fun. I was a little bit bummed because this is probably the last one of the shoots that I'm going to go on. But bigger and better things are out there, you know? Yeah. Also, fun fact, I'm going to Warp Tour later this month. So whoop, whoop. can't be too sad because <laughs> the extra money helped me buy my Warp Tour ticket. <laughs> Also, shout out to Alex Tenenbaum to for giving me her warp tour ticket. Hell yeah! <laughs> so yeah, it's good stuff. I think, I think it turned out to be a pretty good uh, podcast season. You know, what I'm I saying? felt I felt really good. I felt like I there was a lot of moments during season two where um, I wasn't so sure about this season, 
Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good episodes. Like Band Geeks, the fact that Band Geeks was here was incredible, and the fact that we Band were Geeks able to carries this season, hundred percent. And the fact that we were able to do that with a group of people was also really cool. Um, but overall, I super enjoyed this season a lot more than last season that we did. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more fun. Yeah, I think season one was definitely us getting our sea legs, but now we got them. <laughs> And I realized that was a nautical-themed pun that was unintentional. <laughs> I will not apologize for it because I think it worked nicely. Um, but yeah, like I would really like to take this time to tell everyone who's stuck around this long to thank you so much for you know being here. Also, I'd like to tell people who might be new listeners or even old listeners, if you want to send us some suggestions, please do so. Yeah, Send us some emails. We haven't gotten an email in a while. Um, I want to know if you're still out there or if we're just still screaming into the void. But it's all good. Yeah, and let us know what you liked more about this season. If you like this season more, let us know so that way we can continue to adapt and stuff and hopefully mm-hmm. bring you a bigger, better season three. All right, act two. Sandy, Spongebob, and the Worm. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Uh, so an Alaskan bullworm has come into Bikini Bottom and is wreaking havoc on the town. So the town comes together to try to figure out what to do. Sandy volunteers to take it on because she has a personal stake in this. He's eaten her tail and she wants to get it back. SpongeBob tries really hard to convince her not to. And it turns out that in the end, like she was, she wasn't really able to handle it, but they are able to get rid of the worm and make it fall off a cliff, which actually ends up falling on top of bikini bottom which is sad (laughs) which is that whole part of it falling on bikini bottom i didn't catch before but when they when patrick originally suggests it i think it's funny because um i think it's squidward's like that's that idea is so crazy it would enough just to get us all killed i was like i never caught it but it actually does in the end get them all killed (laughs) it's true (laughs) foreshadowing yeah very solid. I like the other options. I need to lock doors, call my nephew, dig a moat, and then Patrick's, let's push it somewhere else. <laughs> and then let's get someone to go after it. Also, very solid Jaws reference. If anyone caught it, probably everyone. Hopefully. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I guess really... Jaws is pretty old now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. It's definitely not as scary as it was when it came out. There's no no stupid remakes. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Well, they have the Meg. People have the Meg. Oh, yeah. So and Sharknado. Need, that's, even, <laughs> that's even bigger than Josh. The Meg is scary. So. I think it's funny at the beginning of the episode when the uh, Alaskan bullworm comes and eats uh, SpongeBob's house. When SpongeBob's talking to his sleep, he's like, two scoops, please. And he's like, he's like, no, keep the change. Yeah, dreamy about ice cream. That's like, truly, I, I really um, uh, relate to that. Which is great because when he's chasing Sandy, he's like, I'll give you ice cream. And it's like three scoops. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes me wonder, why the extra scoop? Two for him, one for Sandy? Oh, maybe. They just share. SpongeBob literally threatens to kill her, though, when he's like, when they're running away. It's crazy. I didn't really catch it before. He's like, I'll "I'll trip you. you." I was like, you're going to kill your friend just to prove a point? That's wild to me. That's that's actually one of the lessons I put. I was like, there's a time to, to like, admit or to have people admit that you're right, you know? Like, there's a Mm -hmm. time for that. Like, read the room 
and read the moment. Yeah, when read you can, the moment. When you can say, like, I told you so. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I gave my friends advice and they didn't follow it. And then I'm like, I told you so. Like, it doesn't help them at that point to do that. So, like, you just think about it. Think yeah. about what you're going to say before you do it. And don't trip your friend and kill them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love that little worm sign. She's like, oh, it's a worm sign. And she, it's like, literally a worm up. sign. This is a really solid episode. There's like a lot of good jokes in this one part of this, um, that, like this act of this episode. It's really good. Yeah. Um, like the worm sign, the whole losing the tail thing. And then when she shows like I've uh, lassoed both bulls and worms, it's like pictures of her like live action <laughs> Sandy with her <laughs> lassoing both bulls and worms. I thought it was funny. I also love the like hidden adult joke that my perverted mind put together that I'm sure other people hopefully got to. He's like, they ate my wheelbarrow, ate my kid's homework. And he's like, I don't need to say what they ate. And he's like, <laughs> I was like, oh, they ate his <laughs> They ate all his They ate all his They ate it twice. Twice. <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> oh, well. Or not. If you yeah. like skins, it's fine. <laughs> It's okay. I don't think he liked it, though. It no, definitely not. It didn't seem like something he'd get behind. And then they're all like, oh, it's like pink, big pink and something else or something like that. Or he's like, oh, it's big and wiggly. Or something like <laughs> I saw it. It was all big and wiggly. And I was like, hey, that's what she said. <laughs> I also like when they when she does riff, it's like, it's big, pink and scary or whatever. As Spongebob yeah. says, he's like, uh, uh, so is um, Patrick's um, belly button but i ain't afraid of that neither you yeah. see Patrick's, patrick's belly button is pretty big like he hides a lot of stuff in there like it's kind of gross <laughs> it's like the but i guess i guess if i had like i don't know i kind of liken it to like women when they hide things in in their boobs in their boobs yeah yeah so maybe it's not as gross as you give it i guess not i just don't like i personally don't like that feeling when you like poke your belly button and stuff like i think oh, a lot yeah. of people feel that i don't know i couldn't like <laughs> think it. It, feel, it would feel weird yeah yeah um i have a question do you think dumb ideas like patrick's are worth listening to uh not like dumb ideas like on a political level like dumb ideas like in a brainstorming session yeah i think that in a lot of situations where people don't know what's what to do even dumb ideas if you continue to like workshop or brainstorm on them like i'm they could develop into something good so like maybe if they would have thought more about like pushing the city somewhere maybe there's like something that could have eventually developed out of that um which i've seen in other cases before like people bring up dumb ideas when you're like brainstorming how to fix something and you're like all right but maybe there's something we can work with here right yeah i also love the cooperation between the whole city just to push to push the city can you imagine that that's (laughs) I could not imagine getting a group of like two people to push a city, let alone <laughs> like the a entire whole town. city. They pushed it, it pretty far. I mean, they must have pushed it pretty far, though, right? Because Bikini Bottom's not in whatever like canyon. Not on the same plane, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, how did they get it down there? How does it work? I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's just nuts. I do like how the episode opens up. You're like, you're talking about like your mistrust for like cops and stuff. And oh, like, I wrote it, that down too. Yeah, yeah. The cop is like literally, he moves the fire hydrant to like put a ticket on a car at the end, or like just to put the ticket there. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, and crooked, and <laughs> cop. In the cop's defense, though, and I don't say that very often, 
uh he already wrote it so yeah <laughs> so but I'm sure that person can fight that ticket. I'm sure he put the wrong license plate on there because it was a different boat. So and honestly, like how 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 useful are fire hydrants in Bikini Bottom? They're underwater anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just a prop. He did lift it right. He did off lift the it. It wasn't attached to anything. <laughs> um, do you think SpongeBob's seen an Alaskan bullworm before? Uh, I don't know. I I, I that was I was curious because I don't. Curious how he, he knew what it, it was. Yeah, yeah, he knew right off the bat what it was. Um, and SpongeBob, I guess, does have like a giant library. He might have researched it, but he must have seen it right b- before, right? Maybe it was like a identified it through like being class or something he saw in school. But yeah, maybe it's something that they teach you in Bikini Bottom when you're a child. And like, watch out for these Alaskan bullworms. They will <laughs> eat an entire city, like nematodes and stuff like that. Like, how do you know these things? Uh, so I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, since you just got back from Texas, is everything actually bigger in Texas? Like Sandy brings it up here too. Like she's bringing it up in the past, but she's like, yeah, things are definitely bigger in Texas. So I was wondering, yeah, did just, you encounter that? Yeah, there's just bigger in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> hey. No, it wasn't. It was that the only thing I saw that was big there was like uh, big trucks. <laughs> there was there was a lot more big trucks there. Like at least at the hotel I was at, like all the valet had to like park big trucks outside. Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice anything bigger. I I ate a lot of like barbecue at this one place, but it didn't feel any bigger than the a lot of barbecue I've eaten at other places. <laughs> you know, so, maybe know. maybe Sandy's misguided. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I still I don't think I've spent enough time in Texas to find out if things are bigger there. How big it all is. <laughs> yeah, the I mean the people weren't that much bigger than I've seen. So <laughs> I don't know. The buildings weren't bigger than New York buildings. I don't know. It sounds like a myth to me. Sounds like wrong. <laughs> sounds like a a Texas lie. Tell us our Texan listeners. Tell us exactly what's bigger in Texas. Yeah, Destiny. Tell us what's bigger in Texas because. <laughs> That's our Texas listener. <laughs> uh, speaking of Texas, I do like Sandy's thing where she's like, oh, I've roped bulls and I've roped worms and doing it together just saves the rope. <laughs> and I was like, that is a good little lesson. Sometimes doing things together can save some resources, you know? But yeah. don't fall into that trap where it's the, where you're trying to like switch two things that you can't do together, you know? She's got to be mindful about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of another small lesson I had is like a lot of Sandy's hubris. Like she just went into it without any information on her enemy. Oh yeah. Bad for a hunter, I feel. Oh yeah. And that's what it's like. I, I wrote that little lesson down too. Is like there's a difference between being brave and reckless. Mm-hmm. And I think Sandy in this episode, I haven't really seen it in her before, but she was very reckless, like going into this, right? And it does come back to like literally like I guess bitter in the butt before that, but <laughs> <laughs> like she wasn't able to handle it. They had to run away. But I what well, I don't get is how come the worm didn't just bite down when it was I don't understand. Why why wasn't the why did the worm have its mouth open to begin with? <laughs> and then how come the word why does the worm speak English? Right. Hmm? And why didn't SpongeBob say something sooner? I think SpongeBob must have seen that it was the worm to begin with, right? Before Sandy started wrestling. So maybe he just really trusted her. It's like, <laughs> oh, she's gonna go in from the inside, tear like up a, its, its pull like a Hercules and destroy it from the inside. <laughs> yeah, or like rip out its heart. 
Do you think like an Alaskan bullworm's like a like a regular worm where you cut it in half and you get two of them? I would think so, right? Because that happens it's like a worms, hydra right? situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Could, how many times can you cut? I'm gonna Google it right now. How many times <laughs> can you cut a worm before it dies? How many pieces can you cut a worm into? Hmm. Oh, if an earthworm is split in two, it will not become two new worms. The head of the worm may survive and generate its tail. Lame. I thought they turned okay. into two things. Well, there you go. Now you learned something else. So it doesn't really become two things. It just regrows. Yeah. Is what happens. Gotcha. One whole season and you learn one thing. Hell Good yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, I was wondering like if, so if I cut a bullworm in half, will I get another bullworm or at least a repaired one? Actually, just wreak mad havoc in Bikini Bottom with two bullworms. <laughs> Probably not, also, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we found it, though. I was also wondering if Alaskan uh, bullworms are real. And I'm Googling it right now, and it says no. <laughs> so, sorry. I, d- sorry, I do really like the title cards that they make for that. Um, yeah. Like each one's theme, like the Alaskans all snowy and the bulls all hairy and the worms like all pink. Yeah. That's funny. We haven't had a good title cards, I feel like besides like the title cards in the normal like openings. Yeah. And it was nice to see them in the end part because I, I kind of missed them because in the other ones we weren't getting a lot of like just normal stills. Yeah, and I that's why that, that was. That's a good that's a good point too. Like I, I definitely thought that the title cards were like a bigger part of SpongeBob earlier on. Like the whole mm-hmm. like thousand years later 10 years whatever but it hasn't really come up very much maybe it's a couple times it's happened but i definitely remember it happening a lot more i find that very interesting because the things that you remember when you are watching a show or like a show you haven't seen before aren't always the things that are really big like a lot of quotable moments in the show aren't like main plot points Mm -mm, absolutely not it's interesting going back and watching it and catching those moments i think my my favorite moments like even as a kid and still now from a specifically from this episode too is the uh the paperclip s with the string when they're running yeah. away is like oh we got s for spongebob and s for sandy like i and now they remember can identify our bodies yeah <laughs> i remember loving that so much as a kid i was laughed so much as like still now i was like man that is one of my favorite moments in spongebob it's so silly it's like so stupid but it was like yeah, one of my such favorite a throwaway yeah it's such a throwaway in that moment it's just like S for Sandy and S for SpongeBob. I remember just like being in like elementary school, middle school, and having like the little S like on the paper clip and stuff, like giving it to my friends whose name started with S and be like, look, now you can like identify yourself or whatever. <laughs> now like people can find you when you die. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of dying, <laughs> do you think those people on that yacht died when Sandy? I wrote that. They, mu- they must have. They drowned, right? Or maybe like it wasn't underwater long enough I mean, it but... did float back up yeah like, wouldn't have taken enough water to permanently sink it sink in the or like the sudden change of pressure right <laughs> also do fancy yachts like that have anchors like that i don't know what anchors really know. look like in person do they all look old-timey like that i have no idea any sailors out there let us know if you got there's a fancy a yacht to, there's a lot of things to google in the second act where i'm like I've never thought about it before. All right. I want to jump back uh, to you mentioned in the last act how greedy mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs was, but I think he really shows his true colors <laughs> in this act. 
<laughs> I was dying at that part. He started. He's like foaming at the yeah, mouth. Yeah, literally foaming like, at the mouth. <laughs> I would feed all of you before. I would feed all all of you to the worm before I would ever give up like a dime or something like that. And I was like, that is crazy. It's like a and no one calls him out on it. No. <laughs> and he's funny because he's just like, oh yeah, that's. I was just joking too, and he just starts like crying. Like, yeah, it's crazy how greedy he is. I guess it, you know, no, realize now as an as I'm older watching it, just how like the moments a of mess. greed, yeah, how much of a mess he truly is. <laughs> it was I don't know the whole foaming at the mouth was driving me insane. I was like cracking up because it's just it's handled so well. It looked so good. Yeah, like, it was very natural. <laughs> um. Which it reminded me of like Pokemon when Krabby is like making <laughs> those bubbles. And I was like, I like this. I like this a lot. And so and one of the moments that I wanted to bring up, which I thought was kind of weird, is um but when he's SpongeBob's trying to convince Sandy not to go after the bullworm, one of the tactics he uses is to like put on this world's this weird squirrel mask and like act as her dad. And to me that just felt really strange. Like, it was super out of place, and the yeah. squirrel mask is so like scary looking. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost it like a clown like, mask. <laughs> it it feels like a mask that like a robber wears. To, like <laughs> you know how like some robbers will like wear like a Hillary Clinton and a Bill Clinton mm-hmm. mask to like rob stuff. Like it reminded me a lot of that, and also like it's like one of those purge masks. <laughs> what if what if her pappy was dead? Yeah, you know? right. That's what I was like. This is a weird thing for SpongeBob to do. Oh, and also his like uh, gibberish that he just yells at Sandy as she's like walking away to slow her down <laughs> was another like weird tactic. I don't know. I feel like maybe that might work one day. Do you they think say that sometimes they can help in a fight? Just to randomly yell stuff. Yeah, I I think I read somewhere that to de-escalate the situ- a situation, the best way to do that is to confuse someone. Mm-hmm. So like uh, one suggestion was like if someone's about to fight you, you just tell them like a random fact, like oh look. Wall in my garden's twenty feet high, <laughs> and then they're like, "What?" And then that little thing is like enough to like change their their mind from like, "Oh, on the kill path" to like the normal, like logical section. I've never tried it though, but I would like to. I definitely heard a situation like that. Uh, I was at the comedy cellar here in New York not too long ago, and one of the stand-up bits was talking about like uh, cat collars and stuff. He's like, and my wife came up with this really good solution where if the guy's like catcalling her, she'll go right up to him and be like, suck my dick. <laughs> and he'll never, he doesn't know what to say. He's intimidated. She's taking all the power away from him. And he'll never, he won't do that again to her. So this is kind of that, that kind of situation. Like just saying random things or saying something that someone doesn't expect really does de-escalate the situation. That reminds me of this video I saw on Twitter where um, this is woman, like this guy's catcalling this woman. And he's like, hey, hey, I'll show you a good time. I'll show you a good time or whatever. And like, she goes over, opens his door and sits in his car. And she's like, whip it out. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. And she's Ooh. like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought. And then she gets out of the car and walks away. It's that big and energy. Like, yes. I, I'm pretty sure it was like some type of skit. But like, <laughs> I have a feeling like a lot of the times, and I'm not saying don't try this at all because I don't trust any stranger. but. I, I feel like that's, that's what would happen. Just be like, you don't know what to say when things go a way that you aren't expecting them to. Exactly. <laughs> it's a small lesson. Tell someone to suck my <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Josh, it's time for our final big lesson of season two. How Sad about it. Sad but happy. Melancholy. Is that what they call it? Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> bittersweet. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bittersweet symphony. But, it, you know, there's like what? 11 more seasons for us to cover. So oh, I'm not that a, worried. <laughs> time. When I was in Houston, uh, Destiny's boyfriend, David, was very much like, uh, so are you planning on doing all of them? And I was like, doing all. <laughs> I'm doing all of them or until I hate this. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you want to jump into your big lesson? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so my big and final lesson for season two and for this episode is it is brave and admirable to face your problems, but it's important to have a plan when you're going to do that. Um, and we see that in Act One, we talked about it that Squidward was very like it was very brave of Squidward to decide to go on strike. Like you can very easily lose your job and like have no other options and get replaced, which is kind of what happens to them. Um, but where he falls behind, and we talked about, it, is that he just doesn't have a plan. He doesn't had it. He didn't have a solid plan going into it. He didn't really know what to do. And not giving that information to SpongeBob really, I think, hurt their cause in the long run. Yeah. What kind of revolution can you have if no one's no one's ready? Right. You know? Exactly. You got to you got to be ready. Um, and the same thing in the second part. Like, is brave of Sandy to want to go after it, and is brave of the town to want to make this problem like go away. But they have to have a plan. Like pushing the city somewhere, they have to have a plan about where they're going to push it, right? Or have an idea. And the same thing with Sandy. She has to have a plan of how she's going to go after this worm. Um, and like you mentioned, like she had no idea who what did this worm even look like. She was like all this hubris, all this like big macho energy that she really got to her in the end. So also another thing I forgot to bring up is tails aren't just fur. Tails have like bones the spine. in them. It's like an extension just, of their spine, right? <laughs> she just like tied it to her whatever. That freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Uh, have a plan. Have a plan. Yeah. So what was yours? Mine is very, very, I guess, topical to what I was just talking about earlier, but mine is commit to things. Okay, that's good. Because yes, <laughs> we, we committed to this podcast. And also, in the very beginning, you know, Squidward com- was almost about to lose, like, lose his mind in this strike. He was like, I'm done. I'm done with this strike. I'm going to go tell Mr. Krauss and I tell him I want my job back. And if he had just committed to it, which again, if it wasn't just for random happenstance, you know, he would have not lost. He would have lost. Yeah, Mr. Krabs would have had his way, and he would have probably had even less money. But would have had those annoying thing. teenagers working for him for forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, teenagers are the worst. You know, that. <laughs> even though when I was a teenager, I was the best worker. All right, <laughs> it was you know, and in the second act too, it was like the same thing. Like Sandy should have committed to, she like turned tail and ran quite literally. Because she had her tail and she ran, <laughs> and <laughs> lots of like unintentional well, yeah, things happening, <laughs> happening. Uh, but yeah, she just ran away from the problem that she said she was gonna fix. Instead yeah. of, again, if she had a plan, she could have committed to it. She could have been like, "This is what we're gonna do." Yeah, that's good. And I think uh, it's a uh, lesson that we can all go home with. You know, like that it went hand in hand together. There, look at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at us committing to things we made a plan to start a podcast and here we are two seasons in i know that's crazy two t-shirts two guys two seasons <laughs> two seasons two cups mm. 
<laughs> but anyways, I think we had a great two seasons. This one was a roller coaster. Lots of weird lots of, episodes. Yeah, yeah. A lot Patrick of like took Patrick. The L oh yeah, oh yeah. This entire season. A lot of weird character development. Not only with Patrick. There's a lot of weird stuff with Sandy. This season two, she wasn't like the strong female that she was in season one. She's like, there's a lot of flaws that she had in this one. Yeah. Mr. Krabs, super greedy. Yeah, but Squidward, pretty consistent. Yeah, Squidward's <laughs> our, our shining star. I think this season he's yeah. stayed very, very, very sim- uh, consistent. I would yeah. agree with that. That's good. Well, I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast for two seasons. Thank you. Or maybe just listening to this episode. Either way. And uh, it works. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you're around the time you're around. You know what I'm saying? Chop Phil. <laughs> if you want to have more time with us, you can send us any suggestions or comments for our podcast, especially since we just finished the season, like we said in the bubble break. We want a little update. Tell us what, how we did. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hit us up at ismainestpodcast.com or email us directly at ismainestpodcast at gmail.com. And also be sure to share this season, the last season, and all future seasons with your friends and your enemies and to comment on Apple Podcasts and Stitchers. We always love us some comments. Suggestions. Yeah. Anything. And uh, to leave you for season two, Josh and I have a couple of choice words for you. Yeah, yeah Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. <laughs>